Alright guys, my name is Mateo, welcome back. We're just going to jump right into it today. We're going to talk about climate change a little bit. We're going to talk about the movement that's going on right now. We're not going to get into the science. We're not going to make controversial claims about what's really going on with the science. It To me, it doesn't really matter. Um, I don't think it's catastrophic. I don't think it's going to destroy the planet. And furthermore, I don't think that the government taking control, taking over the reins of the climatological apparatus of the planet is a wise idea, okay? I mean, the 20th century was all about governments trying to take the reins over the economy. Hundreds of millions of people died, okay? We don't need that to happen again, <laughs> especially with governments trying to take over the planet, which, by the way, is pretty much de facto communism because in order to curtail human action, in order to try to protect the planet, well, that calls for tyranny by default, uh, de facto. So, you know, you're going to see economic control. And what we're going to talk about today is Janet Yellen coming out saying that she wants to uh, have over $100 trillion spent on reining in the climate, controlling the climate. And mind you, 50 years ago, they were worried about another ice age. They were worried about global cooling. And then they started to worry about global warming. And then they're like, well, we're not too sure, but we know the climate's changing, and that ain't good. Um, and I think, for the most part, it is global warming now that they're worried about, but they call it climate change to make it more ambiguous and, you know, to be able to fit more disasters and hurricanes and fires and things like this into this definition to spook people, in my opinion. Um, but, and look, I'm not denying the climate's changing. I, I think it is changing. I think it changes all the time. Um, you know, the parts per million right now is like, what, 400 million parts per million in the atmosphere or something like this. It's actually rather low historically. Um, now, it is rising, and this grants people some concern. But I'll have you recall, during the Cambrian explosion of life, which led to the biggest expansion of biodiversity ever, this is roughly 500 million years ago, I mean, you had like 4,000 parts per million in the atmosphere. I told you I wouldn't get into the science here. I am. <laughs> but... Uh, my general position is libertarian. Um, if you want to, uh, you know, have more conservation, if you want there to be more efficiency, you don't give the power to the central banks. You don't give the power to the government to tax more and waste more money and to siphon off more of that money to their friends, uh, to wage war in the military-industrial complex. Like that, that doesn't bode well for the economy and for by the way, the climate. So those are just some opening thoughts on that. We've talked about this a little bit before with our MasterCard carbon card video. I'll leave the link somewhere up there. But yeah, I mean, just crazy people at the helm. And we're going to talk about energy as well. Uh, more pipelines are proposed to be shut down in the United States. Get excited. Because apparently, um, you know, with gas prices going up, guys, it's a great idea to further limit the amount of gasoline which is flowing. Um, good for you uh, being an American and uh, good for everybody else, particularly good for the Saudis, right? Because they're going to be able to sell more of their oil to us. Anyway, so Janet Yellen admits the net zero grand reset price tag will be 150 trillion sorry i was off by 50 trillion i apologize but um yeah this is from zero hedge uh for years the climate change lobby was laser focused on one aspect of the climate change crusade the end which supposedly is some world where the temperature is no longer uh 
rising due to fossil fuel emissions. Um, yeah, and then talk about global cooling, which was first the concern. So initially, it's just about getting rid of fossil fuels, which they still seem pretty hell-bent on doing. The most accessible, the most reliable form of energy that we have in this sector of the universe um, is, I guess, being phased out. And to some degree, we were going to run out of fossil fuels anyway, so I'm not totally against um, you know, using nuclear, solar panels, and wind energy if it works, but um, my concern is because this transition is being forced rather than gradually guided through economics, um, but is being forced by government mandate, it, it's possible that there are going to be hiccups in the transition, as you're seeing with Europe right now, having hyperinflation in their energy prices, basically. Um, but anyways, as opposed to being, yeah. Um, meanwhile, the quote-unquote means or the final cost to the taxpayer of all the endless, tedious virtue signaling was almost never touched upon for a reason. And it was because um, to get from point A to point B, the cost would be so high, it would be double global GDP over the next three decades. So literally like all the money that they can muster is going to be thrown into this war here. And we discussed in the MasterCard video, if the stakes are saving the planet and saving humanity, there's nothing that they won't do. Okay, just realize that as a starting point. Um, and so this is from their comments on the Bank of America article. We also talked about that in the MasterCard video, but check this out. Uh, the cost for achieving global net zero ESG greening, uh, Bank of America says that it's about $150 trillion over 30 years, some $5 trillion in annual investments, amounting to twice the current GDP. And mind you, the GDP now is going down um, because of inflation. And inflation's already getting out of control. How they're going to pay for this stuff, who knows? But it looks like the Fed and the central banks are going to make a scene here they say that um much more qe is going to happen over the next 30 years what about inflation oh there will be plenty of that as bank of america admits green bond purchases and if you don't know what a green bond is it's basically a bond that's sold by a state or a corporation uh that is quote-unquote esg uh, you're going to see a lot more of this. In 2021, uh, there have been about a trillion dollars of green bonds sold. We could expect more of this. Um, but this could result in about 1% to 3% inflation. So on top of the inflation we already have. And we'll get to articles here in a little bit about Biden and his crew freaking out about inflation and wanting to reduce gas prices. And I suspect that before the next election, we're going to see price controls. Um Bank of America looked at all three separate cases. In the first case, the Fed, ECB, and other central banks would subsidize all the required infrastructure spending to decarbonize, translation, print the money. In the second scenario, they would absorb only half of the new bond issuance. And in the third case, the central banks would take up only a fifth of all decarbonization spending on their balance sheet. Uh, what's the key finding? If the central banks only have to foot 20% of the bill or less, the impact of decarbonization looks fairly manageable. Uh, yeah, I mean, these people are such liars. We don't know what to believe. But this is what they're going to use as a pretext to just keep printing money. 
okay? They can't stop printing the money. The last pretext was the buck. And, you know, if you'll recall back in 2019 when we had the repo crisis, um, and they were in a tapering cycle, and Jerome Powell's out there saying, yeah, we're just going to do this on autopilot. Whatever happens, happens. It has to be done. Well, when things started to, like, go nuclear, like, or or uh, when things started to have a nuclear meltdown, not go nuclear, um, well, he was like, oh, well, this is bad. We're going to stop the tapering. And then all of a sudden, the bug came out of nowhere, and then they just fire-hosed like $7 trillion into the economy within a week. They opened up all these swap lines all over the world, all of these uh, uh, bond purchase programs, like from the municipal level to the federal level. I mean, it was just wild what they did. But there you go. You had the pretext to keep everything alive for a little bit longer, to keep the can kicked down the road. And this is the next thing here. And they're always going to come up with an excuse. This is not going to stop, uh, which is why just the dollar is going to, just be decimated, and you need to get into the right positions. And by the way, tax is going to go up tremendously. And if your money's on a public blockchain, they see it, they're going to come for it. As we've talked about before, I'll link a video somewhere where we go into detail. Um, especially given the IRS just funded $80 billion to develop new technologies, to calculate gains and losses for people on the blockchain. Yeah, so that's coming. Um, and just so readers know what Bank of America... Uh, sorry... And just so readers know what to Bank of America looks, quote unquote, manageable, here it is. This is inflation on top of whatever inflation is already in the economy, which is tremendous. Of course, if central banks have to foot 50 to 80% or more, well, it gets much worse. So that's their inflation expectations. Uh, they're saying that this initiative in and of itself is going to add roughly uh, 2 to 3% inflation. Again, these are low-ball numbers, guys. I mean, the way they measure inflation is very, uh, let's just say, suspicious. But to be sure, while having a realistic estimate of just how much this unprecedented global grand reset will cost is imperative, establishment politicians can simply say that the numbers are ridiculous and the cost will never be as high as the staggering Bank of America estimate between 100 and $150 trillion. Unless, of course, one of the most important politicians and officials of the current global regime confirms it, which is precisely what happened during this week with Janet Yellen, who is speaking at COP26, the Net Zero Climate Change Conference in Glasgow. So she says, rising to this challenge will require the wholesale transformation of our carbon-intensive economies. Okay, so they're talking about literally like a Bolshevik revolution happening for the global economies. And the pretext, if you want to control the climate of the planet, is to control global economies. That That is just by default what has to happen. So she's saying this is a global transition for which we'll have an estimated price tag. Some have put the global figure between 100 and $150 trillion. Oh. <sighs> It's, I don't even know how much money that is. I mean, it's just absurd. And mind you, a trillion dollars is a thousand billion dollars. I mean, it's just... Abs- Obviously, you understand how ridiculous that is. I don't have to explain that to you with words. Um, and then she says, at the same time, addressing climate change is the greatest economic opportunity of our lifetime, which is so weird. I mean, y- you hear all these 
politicians out there. We're going to have like this Green New Deal. We're going to go green. It's going to be great. Uh, we're going to shut down all these jobs in the energy sector over here, which employ millions of Americans. But look, this is a great economic opportunity, guys. Uh, because we get to tax you more, because we get to provide you with more inflation, uh, because the government's going to manage the economy more, which for whatever reason, according to them, uh, grants new economic opportunities, you're going to have more jobs. You're going to have more uh, money, you the peons out there. Um how much money that's what the value of that money is going to be well we'll get to that later but uh yeah you'll have jobs no problem it's like a new deal like an fdr program because that worked out so well didn't like prolong the depression another decade did it anyways so yes yellen admitted that this is going to be happening she said that Many of the conversations here in Glasgow will rightly focus on the way we use our public resources to fund climate mitigation and adaptation activities domestically and for those in the position to do so. Um, And so this is obviously going to bring together uh, a kind of global government structure uh, because she says here, those in a position to do so will have to assist other countries in responding to climate change. Yep. And we've already seen the rollout of the global minimum tax, which makes it so that there is now a pretext for a global tax international administration. And that's going to expand, obviously. And we've talked about here on the channel how there's going to be an international tax code, which is embedded into computer code, which is then made interoperable with crypto. Uh, The central bank digital currency, smart contract technology, where your taxes are automatically rendered and perhaps remitted to the government. And look, uh, we could expect this to come. And if MasterCard, who is working with global central banks on establishing the CBDC, integrates their developments that they're working on right now with Deconomy, which is a company which wants to track all of the carbon footprint uh, activity of people through the carbon credit card that MasterCard's coming out with. I mean, oof. You want to talk about a dystopian system? Holy moly. I mean, they'll never have had so much control over your economic lifestyle as they will when this rolls out. So that's going to be wild. She says, I agree. We all must do more. And the United States is stepping up. Is China stepping up? Is Russia stepping up? Last time I checked, they weren't at this conference. They weren't too concerned. Uh, And look, it's sort of like... A game theory thing. You need everybody on board if you're going to be doing something like this because the benefits of doing this are not obvious economically. Um, If you have the capacity to use cheap, reliable, abundant energy sources like coal and natural gas, etc., while everyone's like stuck on solar panels, you're going to be able to get an economic advantage on them. You're going to be able to produce more for a lower cost. And if China doesn't step up, Russia doesn't step up, well, then they have a competitive advantage now. So that's something to think about. President Biden has already announced that we are quadrupling our international climate finance for developing countries by 2024. And then Zero Hedge says, what comes next is terrifying. And later this afternoon, I will be speaking specifically on what we are doing to mobilize climate finance to emerging and developing economies, including our engagement with multilateral development banks and institutions. These programs are exciting, but as big 
as the public sector effort is across all our countries, the $100 trillion plus price tag to address climate change globally is far bigger. Oh, my goodness. All right. So she says the gap between what governments have and what the world needs is large and the private sector needs to play a bigger role. Now, how are they going to do that? Well, more regulation. ESG, which we've already seen with Larry Fink's BlackRock, which is the biggest asset manager in the world, one of the biggest investors in the world. He had sent a letter, a memo to all of the companies that he's invested in. He's saying, hey, look, uh, if you don't go ESG, we're going to have to kick you out of our portfolio. We're not going to be able to fund you. And every other asset manager, every other single big investment bank and institution, as she had just said here, is doing the same thing. If you're not going to ESG, we can't uh, give you the money. ECB is doing the same thing. The European Central Bank, if you're not complying with the ESG standards that we have set, we're not going to buy your debt, which is a death sentence for a lot of these corporations and a lot of these companies in Europe and abroad. And you know, with negative interest rates now a thing, what rational investor other than an insane central bank, which can print money out of nowhere, is going to buy these bonds? <laughs> because negative interest rate, that means you're going to be paying somebody to borrow your money, which is ludicrous, insane. But yeah, if the ECB is not doing that because you know, you're not complying with their standards, which could get ever more ridiculous, then your company could die. You could just be dropped into the economic abyss. So um, yeah, that's going to mean more taxes. And Prince Charles came out and was talking about this the other day too. Go check out our video on the growth of economic tyranny worldwide and why Monero is key. Um, and he was saying the same thing as Janet Yellen. He's like, yep, uh, we are on war footing and we're going to have to marshal the resources of the global private sector in order to combat this problem. So yeah, it's, it's going to be like global communism, right? I mean, or it's just going to fascism, socialism, however you want to put it, the merger of state and, uh, corporate powers is going to be happening they're basically going to be consolidated into one entity, which is to some degree what we've seen in the medical sector. And that's going to be coming. And bah, 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 bah. some of this was, of course, facilitated by the bug, uh, wiping out, quote unquote, non-essential businesses and small businesses, which had to comply with more regulation. And that, of course, consolidated more market share to the big, quote unquote, essential businesses who could put up with the regulation. And as we'll, we'll get to... Um, they're going to start tracking uh, carbon emissions for businesses, corporations, governments, etc. Um, and if you're not being carbon compliant, well, then they're going to be able to maybe shut down your business for the good of the planet or something like this. We'll get to that. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a longer video. There's a lot to go through here, but check it out. Uh, 40% of the world's financial assets have now pledged to meet the goals set out in the Paris Climate Agreement. <clears throat> yeah, so more companies are signing on to this. More than 450 firms representing $130 trillion of assets now belong to the Glasgow Financial Alliance for net zero, almost double the roughly $70 trillion when GFANZ launched in April. So people are signing on to this all over the place. Signatories must commit to use science-based guidelines to reach net zero carbon emissions by mid-century and to provide 2030 interim goals. 
Investment managers accounted for $57 trillion of assets with $63 trillion coming from banks and $10 trillion coming from asset owners such as pension funds. Uh, these are the groups signing up to Gifance and HSBC, Bank of America, and other banks are involved too. So um, take note that in our video about Bitcoin censorship becoming a reality because of the consolidation of the Bitcoin mining and the barriers of entry which are going to be made to get into the Bitcoin mining sector because of stuff like this, because you're going to have to comply with ESG, you're going to have to be net zero, which we've seen with Blockstream, which we've seen with Bitfury, Marathon, Stronghold, other Bitcoin mining operations. They're all net zero. They're all, we're going to do this carbon neutrally. We're going to be economically friendly because right now, Bitcoin's trying to make its spotlight into the big boy club. It's trying to make it so that investors like BlackRock can invest in Bitcoin. But right now, they're not doing that because the consensus in the corporate sphere is, well, Bitcoin is not environmentally friendly, which to most people watching this channel, you understand how ridiculous that is. But um, that's what they say. And that's why when Tesla came out and said, hey, we're not accepting Bitcoin for payments anymore people were like confused but that's why like they were having investors hit them up and be like like we can't invest in your company anymore if you're going to start accepting bitcoin bitcoin is not esg compliant therefore we're not going to invest in your company if you take it for payment and then you had elon musk come out there and he was like oh it's just not environmentally friendly enough and then bitcoin crashed you remember that like that's what was behind the crash so yeah i mean in my opinion, this is going to lead more Bitcoin mining centralization. You're probably going to need a permit in order to mine Bitcoin. Uh, so that's something to note. They say, we now have the essential plumbing in place to move climate change from the fringes to the forefront of finance so that every financial decision takes climate change into account. Oh, Lord of mercy. So, yeah, at the same time, they're funding expansions into oil gas and coal which by the way this is why i'm not invested in any american or european oil companies uh, i have divested of all those positions the only oil company that i like right now is gazprom and i've talked to you guys about that for quite a while it's done exceedingly well and i expect it to do exceedingly well into the future as europe as europe relies more on gazprom and the Nord Stream 2 pipeline to supply it with much needed energy which they are for whatever crazy reason cutting themselves off from so yeah, Gazprom's going to be great. It's a Russian oil company. The Russians don't care about this crap, and so they're, they're going to do great. Um, in short, this is one big joke. Uh, and one doesn't even need to read the Financial Times explainer asking, do the math? Does the math work? Instead, we refer readers to what we wrote previously, that as in Bank of America, uh, as Bank of America admits, the funding needed for the global net zero grand reset is all about... Uh, Greenlighting the biggest QE episode in history, one which would spark an inflationary inferno to base the dollar, unleash digital central bank currency, saddle the world with hundreds of trillions of dollars more in unrepayable debt, all while making the rich richer than they are now. Yeah, I mean, that's all you got to know. That's all you got to know. And they conclude saying, if that sounds scarier, more manipulative, and far more destructive than any cargo cult in human history, it's because it is. As for global warming, 30 years from now, absolutely nothing will change about the world's present course. But at least central banks will be around to backstop all the assets for the next 30 years, you know, for the climate. 
Right. So this is the new excuse to just move further into this dystopian endgame. And surveillance is going to play into this. So let's get into that now. Um, Let's see. Where was I? There was another article about this. Yeah, so this is from Summit News. Al Gore's latest solution to climate change is mass surveillance. Um, Meanwhile, new research finds that the carbon footprints of the wealthiest 1% are on track to be 30 times larger, larger than the size compatible with limited global warming. So, yeah, a bunch of hypocrites, really. It's just about controlling you. But they're talking about this trace coalition, climate trace coalition, which Gore is behind. He says this will monitor greenhouse gas emissions and root out the culprits. And they will be using satellites, sensors, and artificial intelligence in order to carry out this mass surveillance. So they get data from 300 existing satellites, more than 11,000 ground-based, air-based, sea-based sensors, multiple internet data streams, and using artificial intelligence. All that information is combined, visible light, infrared, all of their information that is brought in, and we can now accurately determine where the greenhouse gas emissions are coming from. So check this out. Maybe you don't want to get a permit to mine Bitcoin, okay? Now they have a global climate surveillance system rolling out. So if you've got more emissions coming from your home, than would otherwise be expected. Maybe you're like a little outlier in your neighborhood because you're using so much energy mining Bitcoin. You're going to get the co- the climate police at your door. Get excited. I mean, that, that's what could be coming, guys. Who knows how crazy this could get. But we are moving into like a mass surveillance type state. Financially speaking as well, uh, we've seen them wanting to monitor bank accounts, which have transactions of over $600. Luckily, they you know, put that to the back burner because of all the, uh, you know, crazy outcry because of that but they'll be back they'll be back and given that everybody is clueless about how not private public blockchains are i mean goodness uh, the irs is going to be able to see more than you would otherwise like anyway so it doesn't matter so yeah he's talking about the end of the world if investors or governments or civil society activists want to hold them responsible, they will have the information upon which to base their action in holding them responsible because maybe it becomes a crime to have over a certain carbon footprint. And that's what we're seeing with the MasterCard carbon card thing. So next year we'll have it down to the level of every single power plant, refinery, every large ship, every plane, every waste dump, and we'll have the identities of the people who are responsible for each of these greenhouse gas emission streams. Bruh, I mean, if that doesn't send a shiver up your spine, I'm not sure what will. But this will expand to be for individuals too, I suspect. I suspect that will be the case. And there's more information on his own Medium article, but they're working with Google uh, to do data pipeline engineering, power plant databases, remote sensing, uh, carbon tractor. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff going on. So, yeah, there's more information on this if you want to get into this. But... uh, 
Yeah. Emissions monitoring. Whether you have AI expertise, satellite sensor networks, or other global sensor emission data networks expertise. We want to hear from you. So they're going to roll out global surveillance in the name of climate change. They're going to have global central bank-sponsored QE, like you wouldn't believe, quantitative easing, debt monetary expansion, because of climate change. This is the next big excuse for total tyranny. And he says here, in the era of the bug, we've seen that it's one thing to spot the overall consequences of the pandemic, but it's far more actionable to immediately know exactly who is infected and where they are in order to get them medical care and trace the people with whom they've been in contact. Yes, the surveillance is all about protecting the people and giving you adequate medical care. Isn't that just wonderful? But yeah, um, and we've seen this with like, the Chinese and the Australians, they've got like these drones flying around which have these infrared sensors and they can see who's got like a higher body temperature than others. And they're deploying these in like Amazon warehouses to like look at the, the you know, vibe, I guess, people are giving off to see whether they're sick. And I think in China, they can use these infrared sensors to a degree to where they can determine the mood or emotional state of their workers. I mean, that that's what's coming, guys. I mean, it's just hard to believe this is what's happening. Uh, this is why we just need, like, an exodus from the system, honestly. Like, I was reading Exodus yesterday in Scripture, and, I mean, it, it's like these people are the pharaohs of our time. Like, they're just completely oppressing us. They're just completely stealing from us. They're as tyrannical as they could come, and it's worse than that. It's total gaslighting, too. Total absolute fear-based gaslighting they first told you two weeks to flatten the curve and then you were locked down for a year and then they told you oh the stab is rolling out once you get it you'll be fine and we could go back to normal and then you needed another stabby and then you needed another stabby and then they said it was mandatory when they said it wasn't mandatory it's a giant gaslighting campaign and that's what's going to be going on with this and mastercard when they first made the announcement for their carbon-based credit card, they're like, oh, this is just going to be educational. We just want to educate people on how much carbon they're emitting during their daily lifestyle with the purchases that they make. And at some point, it's not going to be so voluntary. It's not going to be educational-based. It's going to be, okay, you better be complying with our carbon mandates or we're going to come after you. Uh, because it's all about decarbonization. And given that we're carbon-based life forms, that doesn't sound very nice, does it? So just some comments on that. You can look into that dystopian stuff. But, yeah, let's let's go to this, because, <laughs> oh, man, this lady is scary, dude. I mean, she's a total communist agent as far as I'm concerned. Um, Biden's OCC, which is Office of... Uh, Comptroller and Currency, I believe. Biden's OCC nominee, Saul Omarova, who has a history of writing about Marxism, wants the U.S. oil, coal, and gas industry to go bankrupt. <sighs> I mean, the fact that she's even being considered is spooky enough, given the things that she's talked about. And some of you have sent me articles uh, about this woman. I've looked into it. It is rather spooky. And there is a video on Trader University about her, um, but 
let's just go ahead and see what she has to say about this first. For certain uh, troubled industries and firms that are in transitioning. And here what I'm thinking about is primarily coal industry and oil and gas industry. A lot of the smaller players in that industry are uh, going to probably uh, go bankrupt in, in, in short order. At least we want them to go bankrupt if we want to tackle climate change, right? That's tens of millions of jobs right there. That she's just like hand-waving away. Oh, your job's going to not be uh, worthwhile here in the future. Sorry. Uh, We decided that uh, having energy for civilization isn't that important. Uh, So you're just going to have to find a job elsewhere. Maybe digging your own ditch. That is pretty wild. Country of birth, Kazakhstan. Alameda, Moscow State University. And now she's going to be running the office of the controller of the currency. I mean, just just check this out. One more thing. So she had worked with somebody co-authoring some paper that proposed to restructure the Federal Reserve System to play a more active role in the financial and banking system, including replacing retail banking services with individual bank accounts at the Fed. So you're not going to be able to have your own community bank anymore either. She probably wants all of them to go bankrupt so that you and the Fed have a nice warm relationship. <laughs> you know, if the Fed, uh, you know, needs to inject money to the economy and give you a little stimulus, boom, they can just do it without having to go through the banking system. Um, or... If they want to give you a timer as to how much time you have to spend your money so that they can get the credit impulse up and so that they can increase money velocity. Money velocity, goodness gracious. <laughs> Need more coffee. Well, then they can do that. I mean, the number of things that they would be able to do if that happened, if you had your own account at the Fed. Oh, oh Lord. You're just talking about communist totalitarianism like you've never seen. So we'll make like another video about her. I hope that she doesn't get nominated because that'd be crazy. I mean, just being nominated in and of itself would really be quite something. But to be put onto this position, yeah, that would be uh, concerning for sure. And she also wants to regulate crypto and blockchain to a very significant degree. Anything that competes with the dollar, she wants to essentially get rid of. So, there's that. Biden targets another U.S. pipeline for shutdown after begging Saudis for more oil. Uh, Again, this is Zero Hedge. We'll just go over this um, a little bit. But, yeah, he shut down the Keystone pipeline. And now they're talking about shutting down another pipeline. This, This would cost tens of thousands of jobs, billions of dollars in the economy. It would further exacerbate energy shortages and price increases hitting lower income Americans the hardest. Yes. Correct. And this is from his uh, is it is it being Slack. studied right now? Is the administration studying the impact of shutting down yeah. the line five? Yes, so, we are. We are. Is that inaccurate? Well, I thought you were saying that we were going to shut it down, but that is that is not inaccurate. Be- okay, great, 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 great. But I'll, the Army Corps of Engineers is preparing an environmental impact to look through this. Yeah, so it's on the cards. 
shutting down more pipelines. And this comes less than two weeks after the White House begged OPEC, which is the oil cartel, to increase oil production and to do this amid supply issues and soaring energy prices. Now, why do we have soaring energy prices? Why do we have supply issues? So strange, man. It's almost like people are shutting down pipelines. It's like, what's going on? And this is from his energy secretary. Listen to this. Sturgis, Michigan. It is $2.89 a gallon. I guess that's better than in California. What is the grand home plan to increase oil production in America? (laughs) She laughs. That is hilarious. Would that I had the magic wand on this. As you know, of course. This guy's not uh, having it. He's like, whoa, why are you laughing? (laughs) This is the energy which makes civilization function. Like, is this a laughing matter? <laughs> Maybe it is, because uh, they're globalists. A global whatever. market, it is controlled by a cartel. That cartel is called OPEC, and they demand... It doesn't have to be. Like, we have so much oil here in the United States. We have so many resources. The ease with which we could be energy independent, resource independent, is unbelievable. I mean, the amount of resources we have in Alaska is insane. But, <clears throat> you see, we're not allowed to be able to mine our own resources. We have to be interlinked with this just-in-time economic system, uh, which is global, which is prone to supply shocks, which is prone to a lot of points of failure, which could cause uh, you know nonlinear breakdowns in the economy. I mean, yes, this is wonderful, this system that we have. We can't just be independent. We can't just hedge against the risks that are out there right now, which are growing by the day. No, let's rely on Saudi Arabia. But, you know, One great thing about that, guys, is that Saudi Arabia is going to be issuing green bonds. Yeah, so, I mean, at least they're going to be environmentally friendly. Saudi Arabia, you know, the warmonger who just bombs different countries all over the places, like Yemen and Syria, and wants to go to war with, like, Iran. Very carbon neutral, of course. We'll have, like, carbon neutral wars. You know, we'll have, like, tanks going into battles with, like, solar panels on them. Like, we can't have them running on fuel. I mean, we can only have war when it's uh, sunny outside, if that makes sense. So, like, Saudi Arabia's government may issue its first green bond by 2022, if not earlier, as the world's largest oil exporter seeks to diversify its investor base and sources of funding. Yes, the largest oil exporter in the world, totally wants to go carbon neutral. Yes, makes sense. The global market for debt that complies with the environmental, social, and government's goals is about $1 trillion this year. <clears throat> Last week, the UK's green bond debut broke records with a $13.7 billion sale. And in the Middle East, Egypt sold the region's first sovereign green bond last year and pulled in orders for nearly five times its $750 million size. And, wow, I didn't read this before, but check this out. BlackRock is on the scene, as we talked about before. Monday's comments come after Saudi Arabia's $430 billion sovereign wealth fund said it would announce its own first green debt issuance very soon and announced it was working on an environmental, social, and governance framework with none other than BlackRock. So BlackRock is now getting governments across the world to issue green bonds and go ESG. I mean, 
That's literally insane. Crazy. So this is the future. This is the future, man. But this just came out today, and this is pretty interesting stuff. And this is why we can expect price controls. Uh, Inflation is going to get out of control because of this, because energy, of course, goes into everything in manufacturing and production and the transfer of goods. It's essential to an economy. And when energy prices go up, you have inflation as a result of that. But Biden here starts to freak out about soaring inflation. And I know a lot of my articles are coming from Zero Hedge today. I like Zero Hedge, and they have the most... Um, uh, they have the least BS articles. Although, I wish they would talk about Monero more. <laughs> like, they came out with an article recently talking about Bitcoin's liquid network. Oh, boy. But they don't want to talk about Monero for some reason. I don't think they've ever mentioned it, to be honest with you. Um, but yes, anyways, Biden starts to freak out about soaring inflation, orders Economic Council to reduce en- energy costs. So this, to me, indicates that we're going to be having price control soon. This indicates to me that. And the CPI is taking off. If you look at this chart, uh, yeah, it's just going nuclear. Inflation is now highest since 1990. So that's quite something. And most importantly, wage increases are not keeping pace with the soaring cost of living. Look at that. And maybe they have to make the money printer go again. Maybe they need more stimulus in the economy because look at this upchuck right here. Uh, this is in March 2020 when they started to give everybody $600 checks. Or was it 1200 at the time? I think it was 1200 So income and earnings went up significantly and then it crashed. And you could expect this because literally stimulus is just, as it sounds, it's, it's a drug. And when people crash off the drug, this happens. And... I suspect that there's going to be more volatility. There's going to be more crazy swings before it just crashes. We go cold turkey and, you know, whatever happens, happens at that point. But uh, Biden is starting to freak out about soaring prices on inflation. Today's report shows an increase over the last month. Inflation hurts Americans' pocketbooks. Who uses the word pocket? Excuse me, who uses the word pocketbooks anymore? Uh, And reversing this trend is a top priority for me. The largest share of the increase in prices in this report is due to rising energy costs. And in a few days, in the few days since the data for this report were collected, the price of natural gas has fallen. I've directed my National Economic Council to pursue any means to try to further reduce these costs. Except, of course, guys, not only opening new pipelines, but Reducing the ones we have, right? Um, makes sense. And have asked the Federal Trade Commission to strike back at any market manipulation or price gouging in the sector. There you go. Price gouging. That's what they're going to call it. So if producers of oil or producers of other goods maybe decide, hey, we need to increase prices in order to maintain our margins, they could call that price gouging. And then that could be made illegal by the Federal Trade Commission or the National Economic Council, or somebody could come after them or knock on their door. And corporations are going to have an incentive themselves to keep prices low because, as you saw during the bug breakout in 2020, when prices on certain goods go up a lot and a lot of people need these goods, 
there's like a social media campaign against them. It's like, oh, they're increasing their prices so much. They don't care about the average person. They just care about their profits more than the people. And yeah, then they have to, you know, keep the prices down. Their margins have to get eaten up. And maybe what happens then is because people sense that there's a soft price control, they buy out a lot of these goods. And then they sell those goods on the black market for the fair market value, right? And then you could have rationing come into play. Oh, if you come into this store, you can only buy so many of these goods. And then what happens is, you know, the boyfriend goes in the store to buy it, and the girlfriend does, but then maybe the kid does, you know, and then maybe just go to another store. Uh, you know, the trailer house bros have figured this out. The Sudafed uh, med dudes they they know how to do this stuff like and then it makes its way onto the internet and then amazon and ebay get heat because people are quote-unquote price gouging on the internet and then they get shut off there and then where does it go goes to the black market it goes to the dnms the darknet marketplaces and then what do you need for the darknet marketplaces well you need monero so again bullish for monero bullish for the private cryptos so we could read more into this, but that's the main point I want to make. Here we go. Hilariously, all this is happening just as Biden is still trying to shove trillions in additional and quite inflationary fiscal stimulus down the country's throat, which by make no mistake will lead to even higher prices, but not to the White House, which continues to claim that a plan that will require trillions in funding is actually don't laugh deflationary yeah it's just upside down clown world of course and they're talking about the 150 trillion dollars in qe that's coming on top of this yeah that's just insane and by the way that's qe which is going to be used to deploy capital away from oil <laughs> it's going to be used to deploy capital on energy resources that are inherently less efficient so there's that how do you like that, peon? Yep, from the grocery store to the gas pump, Americans know the inflation tax is real, and D.C. can no longer ignore the economic pain Americans feel every day. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, Manchin is not digging this. Pretty crazy. You know, I signed on to Brave so I wouldn't get advertisements, but I keep getting these pop-ups. Do you guys know how to fix that? I'm curious about that. Yeah, so we talked about that. And speaking of inflation, uh, MSNBC, they had released a tweet and they had said that the inflation we're now seeing is a good thing. A good thing, a good thing. So guys, when prices go up, on the essential things you need to buy in order to maintain your lifestyle. That's a good thing, just so you know. Um, I know that you have an IQ of over five and you have a basic survival instinct, but look, you're just wrong. If you think that inflation is somehow bad for you, come on, MSNBC is on the scene. They're saying that inflation is a good thing. I mean, you just can't even make this stuff up anymore. And so, yeah, the gaslighting for this has been the case. And we were talking about the gaslighting before uh, for the, you know, we're just going to lock down for two weeks and then we'll go back to normal. We just want to flatten the curve and then we're not going to mandate the stabbies. All that was a lie to bring about tyranny, the likes of which we haven't seen before. And now 
we've been gaslighted into some seriously problematic inflation. There won't be inflation, they first said. Then they said there is no inflation. Then they said inflation is transitory. And then now they're saying inflation is good. So, yes. And this is what happens when you get to the end of the road, in my opinion. We're getting to... uh, The end game. But they're able to do this, guys, because of fear. They're able to do this because they've been able to freak you guys out to the point where they've gotten you afraid of things that you can't see, you can't taste, you can't touch. And because of that fear of the unknown, which you can't even perceive with your own senses, they're able to roll out tyrannical programs all in the name of protecting you, quote-unquote, the likes of which you've never been able to imagine before. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get much worse. People are still walking around outside with a mask on. They're walking by themselves. I mean, that's how afraid these people are. These people are totally given over to this system. And I don't know if this statistic is true, but it says 70% of Americans are experiencing climate change anxiety. Now, here's what I will say. I think it's probably true that 70% of Americans are experiencing some kind of anxiety. I mean, how could you not? I mean, if you're not right with God, if you're not right with the Lord, and you fear death, I would be very anxious. (laughs) I'd be very, very anxious uh, because... Oh, the tribulations are coming, my friends. But how you link this with climate change is something else. I mean, with everything going on, if you're concerned about climate change, Lord help you. Oh, my Lord. I mean, the number of things there are to worry about right now on the material, central level is is unprecedented. And if you're worried about global weather patterns, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I mean, that's how much they've gotten to you. And you're going to be like, cool. Al Gore wants to track everything that I do. Mascar wants to limit my purchases, uh, you know, in order to have me save the earth by lowering my carbon footprint. Sure. I mean, that whatever I can do to help, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, yeah. Psychologists are seeing more and more people bringing up the subject of global warming and therapy, citing feelings of sadness and despair. In California, the wildfires and smoke are a big trigger. Guys, just go to church, okay? Just go to church. Um, go to church. That's all I can say. Anyways, I'll end it there. There's more to talk about. But, uh, yeah, pretty crazy stuff, right? Let's go full screen here. About an hour. Looks like we went on four. So I wanted to talk about this today because we're going to be doing a video later this week talking about what would happen if the government made our lovely privacy coins, the Freedom Coin Covenant, illegal. Who knows? It could happen. Uh, there are a lot of people out there saying that it can't happen because, you know, code is protected by the First Amendment and we know it's the most legally compliant coin. There's no uh, developer tax. There's no pre-mime. There's none of this stuff which opens it up to regulatory scrutiny. But what if they happen to come after it anyway? Well, here's the reason why they could. 
come after it. Everything that we've talked about here. Um, maybe they say the crypto that you're using is not carbon friendly. Maybe they say the crypto you're using is allowing you to uh, get goods and services in the black market, which is illegal. Maybe the crypto that you're using uh, you know, is able to protect information about your assets, which you need to disclose, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they call these things privacy enhancing virtual currencies. I mean, they have bills about this stuff out already. But the question is, what do we do if they do make it illegal? Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about this today in order to preface our conversation about that, because the whole point of these currencies, guys, is to make it so that they don't even exist. The activity that you're doing in regards to these cryptos, nobody knows it doesn't even exist. And if they make it illegal and what you're doing doesn't exist, I mean, look, it's not like if they make something illegal, it just goes away. I mean, did their war on drugs work out very well? No, not really. I mean, with Bitcoin and the public blockchains, it's a little bit different. If they make those illegal, well, then you're in trouble, okay? Because they can scoop up your IP addresses, link that with your Bitcoin wallet, and then see what's going on with their wallet. They can also, uh, you know, link your IP address with maybe tax forms that you've been filing. And we've talked about that in the regulatory uh, American crackdown video where if you make transactions of over $10,000 for business or trade purposes with somebody, then you've got to make a report and file that to find send. Maybe they're able to you know, see that transaction on the blockchain, link that transaction back to your respective wallets, and then see through the blockchain there, track your wallet from there, et cetera. So um, it, it's going to be harder to use cryptocurrencies that are transparent, of course, in an environment where they make cryptos that are antagonistic to their central bank digital currency or to whatever they want to use illegal. Uh, that to me is obvious. But in regards to the private cryptos, oh man, it's going to be hard for them to stop it. In my opinion, it's going to be very, very hard for them to stop it. Now, it may be harder for you to get it. It may be harder for you to get access to the currencies because maybe they shut off the on-ramps. And because in many cases, you need something like Bitcoin to get first to uh, these other cryptos. That could make it tough as well. Um, but then again, you've got local Monero. And the great thing about local Monero is if Havana comes out in a sufficient amount of time, which is a decentralized peer-to-peer exchange where they're going to deploy, I think, atomic swaps in order to make all the transactions occur uh, trustlessly on that system, well, then you're going to be able to have exchange. You're going to have the capacity to get to whatever cryptos that you want to get to. Um, using Monero as the base currency, and given that it's private, you could still have the cryptocurrency community flourish, which is, again, why I'm working so hard to get the word out about Monero, because if they really do make a move and, you know, this crazy controller of the currency comes to power and they really do start a crackdown more so than they've already started, uh, you're going to need these private cryptos, guys. I mean, it's just such a no-brainer. It's just such a no-brainer. Um, but everyone's just focused on doggy coins and everyone's focused on the gains. Cool. We're going to get institutional investment as long as we just give them a little bit more of our freedom, guys, give them a little bit more control over our lives. Let's just trade our souls for, you know, BlackRock, uh, giving us some of that gain money that they can get from the Federal Reserve for like a 1% interest rate, right? But anyways, uh, we'll talk more about that, but with all the tyranny that's going on economically, financially, and otherwise, the austerity which is coming, the taxes, the inflation, uh, 
them making it illegal is not going to stop people from using this stuff because the incentive is going to be so great to use this stuff and to get access to it that if they do happen to ban these things, I mean, the price of them, I think from there is just going to go nuclear. Uh, kind of like what happened with a lot of the substances that they tried to ban, uh, you know, decades ago. That will highlight the value of the cryptos that we're in, and that's going to highlight how transparent the cryptos that they don't ban are, unless they just decide to, you know, broad brush ban a lot of these other cryptos too. So, yeah, I'm not too concerned about it. If they try to ban something, it's because they deem it to be valuable. And if they deem it to be valuable, then it's got to have some value that is unique and therefore people may see the value in it. And if the cryptocurrency community is robust enough and there are certain on-ramps which are accessible enough, well, then I suspect that making these cryptos illegal could actually cause them to thrive. Now, I'm not saying that I'm hoping for this. I'm not trying to encourage any illegal activity, uh, but I suspect that could be the case. But again, we'll talk more about that. But uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, man. A lot of crazy stuff. I feel I feel very confident about our positions. Uh, what positions? What are you talking about? I don't have any positions. Um, but no, I, I think that, yeah, the private cryptos, once people wake up to all this stuff, it's just going to be absolutely key. And the main point that I wanted to make with this video is that price controls are probably coming uh, because the people running the energy policy in the West are insane. They're dumb. Uh, either that or they're just part of this you know, depopulation program, this great reset stuff, and they want to cut off you know, the energy flows um, and cause more suffering than they're already causing. Um, who knows? Who knows? That's like a dark conspiratorial thought. I'm hoping that and I'm trying to limit my hope, by the way. I mean, I just don't want to be incessantly disappointed, but um, maybe it's just a mistake. Maybe they actually believe that you can make this transition to another, uh, quote-unquote, renewable energy resource, which could provide energy as efficiently and effectively as fossil fuel. But I, I don't know if that's the case. And you're going to see more inflation as a result of the central bank stuff. You're probably going to see more inflation as a result of this because energy prices are going to go up. <sighs> which means that you're probably going to see price controls, as we alluded to here, which means you're going to have shortages, which means you're going to have more black market activity. And given everything going on with the stabbing mandates in some parts of the world, like Australia, New Zealand, Lithuania, uh, and soon perhaps other places, you could have such a big boom in these darknet marketplaces. It's not even funny. It's not even going to be for you know getting toxic substances or to get goods and services which are you know, illegal. I mean, it could be that you're going there to buy toilet paper. It could be you're going to the darknet marketplaces to order canned goods. I mean, seriously, how crazy could this get? Who knows? But uh, I, I think that our position looks ever better because the darknet markets, they don't accept these public blockchain cryptos. I mean, they're still accepting Bitcoin a little bit, but they're phasing it out from Monero. And given the growth of the darknet marketplaces, which I suspect is coming, that's going to lead to a concomitant increase in the volume of transactions for Monero. And that is the main point of this video. Made it just under an hour. So, Monero Matei, hope that you enjoyed the video. Hope I didn't make you discouraged. Remember, have faith in God, have faith in the Lord. Do not fear death. 
It's all going to be fine. Everything that is being done now is done for the sake of our salvation. And so many people are coming back to Christ because of the craziness and the just obvious evil going on in the world. It's one of the reasons why I don't talk too much about this stuff, uh, you know, with the stabby and with uh, some other things. I know it's bad. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. I don't need to be tweeting about this stuff. I know it's bad. I know that there are tons of other onslaughts of evil going on. But, uh, you know, w- when you get right with the Lord, uh, it doesn't upset you as much. Um, and you understand that ultimately this is for our good. And I'm not trying to be like one of these inflation is good type of people. Uh, it's good because it it makes us yearn for God. And it makes us yearn for getting back to having a good relationship with him and not fearing death and not fearing death, embracing eternal life and embracing, uh, embracing his goodness. Um, because yeah, and I could go on, I could go on. We're at an hour, so I'm going to cut it off. Check out the description below for the social media links, the donation links. Remember to like the video uh, and to subscribe. I would appreciate that. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.